the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts deep into my heart. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Ron is the Word to Stand On. Keep standing our solid ground. Ron is the Word to Stand Welcome to the show today. We have a different show for you, this special one I'll explain in a moment. But while we're getting there, I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. And this is the word to stand on for life. Not just the word to stand on for life, but the date day special edition of the word to stand on for life. Uh, All you have to do is call us. It's a program dedicated to taking your phone calls and answering your questions, whatever's on your heart. And though we have guests in studio with us uh, this afternoon... Uh, your phone calls and questions are more than welcome. All you have to do is dial 210-340-9585. That's 340-9585. Um, if you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. That's 630-5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com. Or you can use our free Calvary Chapel mobile app and send your questions in that way. If you're driving in your car today, the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app. Just hit the Call Now banner at the top of the screen, and you'll be connected directly to our studio producer. One more time for our main number, it's 340-9585. Paula, welcome to the show. Thank you. We kind of messed each other up today because we were talking about the show, and we thought... Well, why don't we just have the ladies from the leadership group, at least mm-hmm. as many can get there on short notice, mm-hmm. uh, and instead of me answering questions, they can answer the question, because, well, you should see their faces. They're the smart ones. They're all geniuses. Beautiful and smart, too. Mm-hmm. So it was a good idea for you to come up with this <laughs> idea. <laughs> so explain what's going on. Okay, so, of course, uh, you know, most of you know anyway, that we just this past Saturday had our very first women's conference and the theme of it was brand new and um, i was telling pastor ron this morning that i feel really bad for any woman who missed it and um there several ladies had been asking me well um we can go online and watch the conference but what about the q a what about the q a i said no we didn't we didn't live stream the q a because we were uh pretty sure that some of the questions would be um pretty intimate and we didn't want to expose anyone to that and at the same time what happened was that um we had the questions put on three by five cards or little pieces of paper so it ended up the ladies last night who um works the sound said we really could have and we should have put the q a on after all so in talking to you about that you said well why don't we have the ladies on the show today. Now, how many were originally on the on the stage for for the Q and A? Um, eight. Eight ladies. Eight ladies. Okay, and today we have four plus Paula. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's take a minute, and each of you can introduce yourself real quickly, and just so that people will know, say your name and how many years you've been at Calvary Chapel. Hold on, she's got to turn the mic up. I think. Okay. My name is Annette, and I've been here for twenty years. My name is Lauren, and I've been here for four years. My name is Natasha, and I've been here for 20 years. Woo-hoo. My name is Nancy Jones. I've been here for 19 years. Wow. 
Yeah. I know you people. <laughs> it's so awesome. And and for your listening uh, people, two who played the Holy Spirit in our skits are here with us today. So we are in we are in really privileged company. Well, we've got questions, and uh, we're going to just let them answer the questions. And again, you are more than welcome to interrupt and call. We'd love to have your calls at three four zero. 9585. So, Paula, since I can't read those little pieces of paper, why don't you start? And okay. we'll just let um, whoever I think is looking smart right now answer the question. Okie dokie. So, these are some of the questions we had for the conference. Is number one We are told we can talk to God about anything. In the word, it says, Don't murmur and complain. Is it okay to murmur and complain to Jesus and tell him how we feel? So I'll go with Annette first. Yes. Only God. <laughs> <laughs> Only Jesus. Um, he's the one that carries our burdens, and he's the one that said that um, we can come to him. You know, he's never going to leave us or forsake us, and so we can trust that everything that we feel, everything that we go through, he knows because he can relate to it. Mm-hmm. And um, he's the only one that needs to hear our grumbling and complaining. Mm-hmm. Okay, now you guys know me well enough to know that I'm going to interject some things. Oh yeah, because because we we want to be sure that that uh, we're not we're not misrepresenting anything to the Lord. One of the things that we have to do, and 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 laying down our burdens at the feet of the Lord, is what we're instructed to do. And and sometimes when we find ourselves murmuring and complaining, we're not laying them down; we're holding on to them. So what we got to understand, I think, initially, is that every time we're complaining to God or about God or murmuring under our breath, well, that's never okay. What we have to do is get to the place where we can look him and look at him and say, Jesus, I, I, I'm grumbling and I'm complaining. I know that's wrong, but where else am I going to go with my, with my problems and with my, my, my issues? So, uh, again, he's the one that we go to. We certainly don't want to compromise our witness and murmur to others. But it's really important that we understand that our murmuring and complaining is always um, grounded in either lack of faith or sin. Um, some of us find a perverse comfort in murmuring and complaining. We've got to realize it's wrong. And that's when we can take those things to Jesus and he can fix them. Mm-hmm. Thank you, sir. This is, this is why, you know, I told the ladies, if we don't have the answer, i got a cell phone. I'll call Pastor <laughs> <laughs> Okay, next question. How should we go about bringing up to our husbands that we think their way of disciplining our kids is too harsh? He is saved, but I feel he loses his patience too quickly. Let's let Nancy answer that one because she's got 25 kids. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think key is timing. When you're in the heat of the moment with kids and disobedience, I think that's the worst time to bring it up. Um, it also needs to be done privately because we're supposed to honor our husbands and respect our husbands. And if we're questioning his authority in the front of our children, that's not a good thing to set um, as an example. And also, um, it's something that we can say and share with our husbands, and we can't force them to change. We can share our heart with them. We can share God's heart with them. And in the end, um, it has to be the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that we need to do is trust God um, with this and not feel like we need to nag Mm -hmm. and oversee them. It's you mention it once and you pray. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think one of the other ladies who was on the panel answered it this way as well. Um, It depends on kind of the background that we were raised in. You know, if our parents were, say, a, a little more forceful and kind of on the abusive side, uh, we can, especially as women, we can, we can see that as, oh man, I never want to have that happen in my house. And just because our husband might be a little more firm than we are, doesn't mean that he's being abusive. And so depending on, you know, some of us are overly strict and some are so lax. And, and the word we hear at this church all the time is there's balance in the middle. And so, you know, we have to take into consideration, you know, what kind of discipline was he raised under and what kind of discipline were we raised under? And I think it was Kenyatta who was saying, like you're saying, never, ever argue about that where the kids are privy to that. Yeah. You know, how can two walk together unless they agree to do so? 
and probably in this area of discipline with children, um, there's no more important place in the family to be consistent and to be on the same page. And I think, I, I know all of these ladies would agree, but the one thing we want to remember is that we never discipline in anger. Um, I'm a big uh, fan of never, ever raising our voice to our kids. I guess if our child is running across the street and the cars come in, then we're going to raise our voice. Mm-hmm. But, but in, in normal day-to-day life, we want our kids to understand that we are reasonable, that we are kind, that we're tender, and yet we're firm, and they can't sort of push us around and move the boundaries. And um, there's a private time, Nancy was saying, for husbands and wives to get together and talk about those differences so that they can approach the children on uh, a united front uh, from that point forward. So, yeah. yeah. If I can add something to that. Um, I think, too, we have to go into it very prayerfully because I've been on the other side of that where my husband one time, you know, felt like there was something he needed to correct me on with my parenting. And I remember that flesh welling up going, are you saying I'm a bad mom? And, <laughs> you know, like wanting to get defensive and point out everything that he had, you know, I felt like he had done wrong. But when I got to, you know, think about it, I was I was very thankful that he corrected me in that and that I was able to make the changes before it maybe had negative consequences with our kids. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I felt like the Holy Spirit was like, no, he's right. Like, you've got to listen to that. So, um, you know, and that knowing that like that your spouse, your husband may originally get defensive, maybe go in prayerfully praying for his, how he'll receive that. And then just his response, whether initially it may not be, you know, what you want, but hopefully the Holy Spirit can work in his heart and help him see Mm -hmm. what he's trying to correct him in as well. Yeah. And and we're to make no provision for the flesh. We're to crucify the flesh. And so every time we feel flesh starting to, to flare, that's when we need to really check our hearts and take control of it right then and there. Mm-hmm. Um, if we give room for our flesh to live, it's going to live. Natasha, can I ask you, have you ever raised your voice? <laughs> you can ask my kids. <laughs> <laughs> Only to Levi. <laughs> oh, you're cute. Um, okay, let me see. Because I was trying to find that one that kind of went with this, but it's okay. Okay, here's another question. How do I get validation that I'm not trying to work God's plan on my own, doing his work before time, and am I getting ahead of God? Who wants that one? How do I get validation that I'm not trying to work God's plan on my own, doing his work before time, am I getting ahead of God? Yeah, and and let's change the word validation to confirmation. Mm -hmm. I think that's probably what what Mm -hmm. she was... Mm-hmm. Going for when she asked the question. I think I answered this one, right? It was both me and Kenyatta. Okay. Yeah. Um, I said that when uh, when you're spending time in your word and you are reading his word and you're seeking the Lord and you're praying and you're spending that time with Jesus, um, no matter where you are in the Bible, he will give you that confirmation. And it could be a very random verse that has nothing to do with the situation, but you know that he spoke to you clearly in your heart. Mm-hmm. And it's only in that time that you spend with the Lord that you can really hear and get that confirmation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, um, not only through his word, but also through other people and also through a song. It's, it's the t- like confirmation, confirmation, and confirmation. If you're praying about a certain thing, you're going to get it everywhere. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great comment. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Me for that. too. I was also going to say that um, when your heart is right with the Lord and you are walking and desiring his will, you can rest in the fact that he will lead you and guide you. And the Holy Spirit will be right there saying, no, no, not that way. Mm-hmm. I remember one time my husband had asked me to pray about him working for the school. And I prayed earnestly and the Lord did not answer me. And I just felt like I needed to follow my husband. And so I, I just told him, I, I don't have an answer. It was three years after he started working for the school. I was reading in my Bible, and I was reading about how Jonathan and the armor bearer went against the Philistines. Mm-hmm. And the Lord spoke so clearly and said, that's your answer. Mm-hmm. And it was three years later, um, and I could have spent the whole time worrying, did I make the right decision? Am I saying the right thing? And it's the mm-hmm. fact that when you just walk with Jesus day by day, and your heart is right, he will give you those answers that you mm-hmm. need. And and that confirmation, mm-hmm. and, and that's that's part of walking by faith. Yeah, that's probably one of the reasons why you played the Holy Spirit in the <laughs> in two of our skits, right? 
you know what to do. I showed up. <laughs> we all of us have to remember, it doesn't matter whether this is a Ladies' Day program, but um, it doesn't matter who we are. Um, learning to walk by faith is not an exact science. And, and Jesus is the author and the perfecter, the finisher of our faith. And so what we've got to do is we've got to stop looking for external confirmation at times and sometimes just follow him and trust him that if I get ahead of you, Lord, you're going to slow me down. And I'm sure I can speak for all of you. But in my life, uh, the Lord has been really effective at slowing me down sometimes. Uh, he hasn't had to push me forward because I'm, I'm usually pretty quick to step out. But um, it doesn't depend on us. He who began a good work in us will be faithful to complete it. And I just think there's too much sentiment in, in the church that, that indicates, well, you know, part of it is up to me. I've got I've to do this. I've got to be faithful. I've got to be right. And uh, Nancy's comment that if your heart is right, you don't have to be right. Um, you just have to be with Jesus, and he'll make sure that you can't get too far ahead of him. For the next question, Paula, 340-9585 for your live calls and questions. And we'll take questions on uh, anything related to the topic. Ladies, this is a day uh, I'm sure you have these questions. Remember, all of these questions came from women at our conference this past Saturday. Go mm-hmm. ahead, Paul. Okay, this kind of goes with that, so you can you can tell me to move on or not. So, Faith and Waiting on God, that's the title. How do we know when to wait and when to step out in faith? Pastor Ron has been preaching on faith and having the faith to trust God even when we are afraid. How do we know when to step and when to wait? Well, Pastor Ron, (laughs) you always taught us. We go ahead, if we believe with all our heart that um, what he's saying to us is true to step out in faith, we go step out in faith. And he should meet us at that next step. And if he doesn't, then we can go back Um, and just wait on him. Well, maybe that wasn't the right timing, just depending on the situation and circumstance. So faith giants, step out and see is this is it's going to be unfamiliar but um just check and then if not come back or maybe he wants you to take another step you know (laughs) he'll meet you each step of the way yeah and you know and uh we've all experienced this as well but but we, we take that first step and and sometimes we feel so alone out there and and those are tests you know, are we going to trust him or, or are we going to believe that he's really got his hands beneath us lest we fall, like Numbers says. Um, and, and you know, I've always believed that the time to take the step of faith was now. Mm-hmm. And um, as I said a moment ago, God's always been really good at slowing me down if I jumped a little bit ahead of him. But at the very least, we start preparing now for the thing God's asked us to do. And, um, you know, uh, if we take a step of faith and we, we find out that that wasn't us, then all we do is we go back to the place we started, as Natasha said, and go all over again. That's really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like when the Lord said, uh, you pay for Raul's radio program <laughs> and go ahead, buy a house when you don't have the money that the lady's <laughs> going to ask for the down payment. And, and me, I just kept going into the restroom going, oh, Lord, this man you gave me, what? Well, you know, faith is never foolish. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So conversely, when we're walking in faith, we're pleasing to him, and God's got a big smile on his face. So it's never foolish things, but it's often something that seems unreasonable or impossible. And that's why we need faith. And we are on our Friday nights in the book of Hebrews, uh, and and tomorrow night uh, we're going to be looking at the parting of the Red Sea and the, the, the march around Jericho and the walls falling down. Well, neither of those things seemed reasonable, but they were very reasonable in retrospect because God was there to meet them. And I think sometimes we try to look too closely at what makes sense or how we're going to do it, and there seems to be a reasonable solution. Um, God just says, no, step out. And I think some of the best things God does are those times when we take a step of faith into the unknown, into what seems impossible, and that's when God can really show off for us. Mm-hmm. Can I add another thing? Sure. Um, sometimes people come from churches or they're raised where they're super emotional, and their walk with God is all these steps. 
faith and they're going out there and they're doing all these things. If that describes you, um, the Bible says there's safety in a multitude of counselors. And I think there's nothing wrong with going to people if you know you're prone to be emotionally led. So much so that you really can't discern um, because you haven't been grounded enough. You know what I mean? And so I think it would also be wise to seek counsel um, if if you are. Because I know a lot of, I know several people that are like that. And the one thing I notice that's lacking in their, their walk is there's no consistency. They will go from this faith and this faith and this faith, you know, jumping from all these steps of Mm, faith, mm. but absolutely no consistency throughout. But they feel like God wants them to do this. And sometimes they feel God wants them to do something while breaking another commitment. And that's where you need to, um, it helps, you know, because there are some people that recognize I am that way. Um, And and until their walk matures, um, it might be helpful to have those godly people with good fruit, good consistent fruit in their life to kind of walk alongside you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and name it and claim it is not faith. Um, whenever, you, whenever you find yourself doing what you want to do and you're claiming it by faith, then, then, then invariably that's not from the Lord. And because of the, the church culture that we live in, too often there's the, the sense that, well, you know, I'm taking this step and claiming it by faith, when in reality all we're doing is having our emotions manipulated by an enemy who wants to cause us some difficulty. And Nancy, you're one of our Bible teachers here. We're in the regular lineup of Bible teachers. And um, um, th- th- this whole concept of faith is so misunderstood in our culture that, that uh, there's nothing quite as comforting as uh, a solid Bible teaching church where you can really learn who he is first, who you are next, and then how to best walk with him by faith. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Regarding the skit, one of the skits, where the cream is always ice, <laughs> when em, it says regarding the skit, when employees that are Christians give away food um, and etc. And then the next part is, what about you as a Christian on the receiving end? And someone wants to give you extra fries or whatever to go with that burger. What 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 happens? What are you doing? Now, Paul and I have a name for this. We call them hookups. Yeah. yeah. So who wants to tackle that one? Nancy taught on it. <laughs> I, oh, you I, did. Okay. I deal with this a lot. Uh-huh. And I hate that I'm always the person saying, no, that's not right. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that you're always the person saying, I hate that right. I'm always the person because I don't want to be holier than thou and self-righteous or anything like that. But um, what example are you setting for your kids? Um, I have something that I, I deal with a lot where um, people misuse benefits with um, Six Flags. And, um, and it's not right. And I, my husband and I have had to go to people and say, you're not supposed to do that. And um, A, it's just not right. You're stealing. And I know we think, oh, it's just something so little. But um, when you have a little bit of compromise and you know it, sometimes we do things and we don't realize it. But when you know it, it'll grow. It'll start to infect other parts of your life. And so if you are the one that's receiving it, um, the next time it happens, just be like, be like, you know what? The Lord really convicted me. I'm not to do that. And um, I pray that that would be a witness to the person giving that. Um, and because we've dealt with it, it's not always received very well. Um, but it's okay because you've done your part and your conscience is clear. Now, if you're the one giving hookups, like sometimes um, I make sure, like I'll ask, um, is this okay? Like we went to the movie theater and we had popcorn and we got the refills and I said, I want to make sure that what we're doing is okay. Mm-hmm. We can refill these things. And they, mm-hmm. Oh yeah. As many times as you want, you're good. Um, so just make sure your conscience is clear. I'm like you, Paula, I'm a rule follower uh-huh. and um, mm-hmm. it would, it would kill me. I just, because I don't want to misrepresent Jesus yeah. and we don't want our kids to pick up those habits. Cause it might be in this area, but they take it in, in another area. And, and some of you, as, you, as your kids grow up, they're teenagers and they're getting jobs in fast food places they're going to go places and their friends are going to come in and want hookups. And we got to teach them to stand for righteousness. Paula, we find we now there's a difference between finding favor and getting hooked up. Yeah. 
And Paul and I find favor everywhere we go, mm-hmm. but but we always make sure that this is okay. The boss is okay with this. Mm-hmm. We'll talk to the bosses at times. Yeah. Say, you know, you are so blessed to have this person mm-hmm. working for you, mm-hmm. and he or she's been doing such a great job for us at the church for such a long time. And we just want to be sure. Yeah, I really miss the old general manager that used to be at our, our breakfast place because he was allowed to, you know, when whenever it was like. I just want to be nice today. He would pick up the tab and pay for us. He's gone now. Man, I miss him. <laughs> um, but, yeah, but you have to be really, really careful. We've gone to places where, you know, when they make a mistake on the order, and they're trying to make up for that, so they want to give you extra stuff. And I was like, well. And they'll say, we're going to throw it away anyway. We can't give it to anybody else. And, you know, I'll look around and, See if the manager's right there listening sometimes, and sure enough, it's okay. But there are some times, like you, Nancy, when you came out of the store, I've done that to you, and under my purse, there was something I hadn't paid for. And, you know, for that second, you're just like, okay. But the Holy Spirit's right there. And I think we all know the difference between hookups and favor. Mm-hmm. So we, we have to keep a clear conscience. Hey, we've got 30 minutes left in the program, 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Please call if you have any questions for the ladies. This is the Word to Santa for Life. We'll be back in two minutes. Back to the word to stand on for life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome back to the show, 340-9585 for your live calls and questions. And we've got five beautiful women here sitting here thinking, I know they're going to ask me something hard, but I'm confident they can handle it. So your questions are welcome. Uh, Nancy, before the break, you said, and I know exactly what you meant, you said, I don't want to be the holier-than-thou one, or I don't want to be the self-righteous one. Now, we understand that what you meant is that we don't want other people to think of us that way. We don't want to be the one that stands for Jesus, and we don't want to be the one that people say, oh, you killed joy. But, but the reality is, the desire of our hearts every day should be to be the holier-than-thou one. Now, the thou is Jesus. We can't be holy with him, but we're supposed to be like him. And we don't want to be self-righteous for sure, but we do want to walk in his righteousness. And I think just in general, to everybody who's listening, we need to get over worrying about what other people think and can be concerned only about what Jesus thinks because it's what he thinks that matters, um, not just the most, but it's the, he's the only one that matters in these kind of things. So... I think uh, when somebody accuses you of being holier than thou, you can say, well, I can't be holier than Jesus, but I'm trying to be just like him. And Romans 14, 23 says anything not of faith is sin. And we don't want to cross that line. And then in the break, the last couple of minutes, we're talking and Nancy made the point that, you know, if we did something and we got away with it or we thought we got away with it just for a minute, then we'd get caught. And that's because God loves us. That would be us. Um, we have a call. Okay, we don't have a call. Okay, okay. I thought we had a call. Okay. We don't. Okay, okay. Paula, what's uh, next? Annette had a oh, question. Annette. Mm-hmm. Um, question about uh, taking a step of faith and um, and going with the Lord. Uh, sometimes there's going to be trials and testing. That doesn't necessarily mean that you're not in God's will. Um, you have to make sure that you are by praying and getting the confirmation, but. Just because things aren't easy doesn't mean that you're not in God's will. Mm-hmm. So, kind of yeah, I, I think the, the, the idea, Annette, that if we step out in God's will by faith, everything's going to go well, uh, is just adult fantasy. And you said sometimes there's going to be trials every time there's going to be tests mm-hmm. and there's going to be trials. And I would say just the opposite is true. If we step out in faith and there are no tests or trials, then we ought to start looking around and saying, oh, oh, I must be wrong. Uh, that's just the nature of the spiritual battle that we're all in. But, but I think we try to convince ourselves when we encounter tests or trials because we don't like them, um, 
we we have a tendency to, to convince ourselves, well, that must be God telling me I did the wrong thing, so I'm going to slow down. And because we have no confidence in ourselves, um, our default position is always, well, I must have heard wrong. Um, and and the idea that trials are out there, uh, we when we take that step of faith, we ought to put on our trial shoes because we, we should expect them. So uh, for sure, when we take a step of faith, expect trials. Don't be surprised when they come. Um, just be with Jesus through those trials, and you can continue persevering. Mm-hmm. Maybe on that same vein, uh, how can you truly discern if God is giving you the desires of your heart or his heart and love for you? Well, I think first and foremost, it's got to line up with the word of God. You know, he, he's only he's not going to contradict himself. So mm-hmm. if he's telling you to do something, but it goes against his word, then you know that that's not from him. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just like Pastor Ron always says, when you're with Jesus, um, you know, just daily with him, then then you'll kind of walk in that. Mm-hmm. You want to say something? No. OK, let me add this, that that. I think we confuse that. that. You know, David writes, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. But what that means is that he will give you the desires that come from his heart, that he's placed in your heart. Uh, he's not going to give you the new car and not going to give you the new husband or the new wife that you think you can't live without. Not going to give you the promotion necessarily. Uh, what it means is that your desires are going to line up with his desires and that's always been the purpose of prayer in the first place, to, to get our desires, our will to line up with the will of God. And when we understand that, then we don't have to worry about those questions. You know, uh, you know, I think another thing that we have, and this is especially dominant with women. Um, if God tells us to do something that we want to do, we automatically think it's not from the Lord. Yep. And and it just kills me that we think that way because why wouldn't God mm-hmm. want to give us what we want? Yeah. Especially if our will lines up with his, of course he does. And and I think we need to, to remember that we work for a God or we, we serve a God who only wants the best for us. And when he's giving you the desires of your heart, we have to say, oh, oh I must be in trouble because this can't be right. <laughs> we should expect that God wants to delight us. We delight in him, he delights in us, and that's always a good thing. Mm-hmm. And then when the trials that you talked about in that come, then we know we're not in it alone. The verse that makes me think of is, uh, seek first the kingdom of God, and then all of these things will be added onto you. Mm-hmm. I remember when uh, we were moving to this side of the town so that we could you know, come to church and the boys could come to the school. Um, I, I had just come back from a really difficult time in my life, and um, I wanted everything to be exactly God's will. There was just mm-hmm. no going to be any veering, nothing. <laughs> I was, I learned my lesson. Mm-hmm. And so much so that I was afraid of the house that we were going to buy. And I came to Pop and I, I said, I don't know if this is the house God wants. I, I need to know before we buy this, mm-hmm. we got to be in God's will. And that's the verse that he told me. He goes, if, if your heart is right mm-hmm. and this is... You're wanting the Lord's will for your life, mm-hmm. and we wanted the house for junior high mm-hmm. and everything. Mm-hmm. He said, then that's the house God wants you to have. Yeah. Just trust him. Yeah. And I was like, really? Uh-huh. Just like that? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> because it was such a big purchase. Mm-hmm. And because I had just come from a very scary time in my life, I was just like, I am not going to get out of his will. Mm-hmm. Not again. You mm-hmm. know? And so, but you, you also don't want to let being scared... Stop keep you, you from, yeah. from enjoying the blessings of God. And that's what it was. It was and, a huge blessing. But, but it was two weeks after you moved in that that bolt of lightning hit the house? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, there's a lot of people who are looking for a spouse. And they go through the exact same thing. Is this my life mate? And what if I make the wrong decision? Talk to him, Pastor Ron. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> if he or she loves Jesus... If you're attracted to one another, if you're both committed to serving Jesus, how can that be wrong? Mm-hmm. You know, th- this, this whole idea, and I do get this question quite a bit on the program. Um, is there only one person that God has for you? And the answer is, of course not. The one person God has for you is the one you're married to. Um, if you're unmarried, 
Uh, it's the one that you fall in love with, the one who loves him. Um, and then you make the best out of that. But the truth is we're humans and we could fall in love with a hundred different people over the course of our lifetime. I had 20 girlfriends by the time I was in fourth grade. <laughs> you know, so it's just one of those Play things. Your, you know. <laughs> it's just one of those things that we have to, um, to, to trust the Lord with. And I think the problem is our emotions get involved in it. You know, we like him or we like her. And so this must be the one. And I think, honestly, there's just a whole lot of people that convince themselves that what they want is really the voice of God leading and, and directing them. Uh, and we've seen people in our years here, those are three of you here for, for 20 years, mm-hmm. um, we've seen a whole bunch of people think this is just the one and then get their, their, their hopes crashed um, because it didn't turn out to be, well, God, I thought this was the one. Uh, if God brings somebody into your life, you'll know it. And, and you cherish that. Mm-hmm. And I think Nancy's counsel, too, is because we've seen a lot of people come in and they jump too quickly to thinking that's that one. When we know them and we try to warn them, hey, where does he go to church? You know, does he know his pastor's name? Where is he serving? How long has he been serving? Not just, oh, yeah, I go to a church. And, you know, we're so enamored with him. We don't even ask where, how long, you know, where's your mom live? You know, how, how do you treat your parents? How do you treat your pets? All those. We don't check it out. We just, oh, yeah, Pastor Ron, he comes to church today with me. You know, it's kind of dot, dot, dot. So and, and get you know, some godly counsel. It's always funny because when they bring them to me to introduce them at, on a Sunday service, I'll just look at them and say, you know, we really love her. or We really love him. And, and I'll look at the reaction and, and, you know, it's usually pretty easy to tell where their heart is with Jesus. Yeah. I like it when the, especially the, if it's a man, says, I'm, I'm thankful for that because I love her. And that you are this careful to take care of her. I really appreciate that. That's the guy I like. Okay, next question. When we sin and it involves others, should we seek to make amends or just ask God's forgiveness and let it go? What if I can't find the person again? Um, yeah, I mean, I think you go into that prayerfully initially as well. And um, if God puts it on your heart to seek them out and ask for forgiveness, um, I think we absolutely do that. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of joked that if that person is no longer alive, of course, you can't um, you can't ask them. You just let it go and move on. And um, but someone mentioned, too, that was answering the questions that day on Saturday, um, that if it it would be hurtful to approach them. Um, and cause pain in some way, then, you know, we, we pray for discernment in that. We mm-hmm. probably don't need to approach that person. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just using that discernment and, um, you know, we seek peace with everyone and, and forgiveness with everyone. And, and it's kind of like what we've been talking about. You know, if, if um, God will lead us what his will is and how we handle those situations. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> um, well, first, well, like you were saying, um, pray and get discernment if you should go to that person or not. Because what if that person doesn't even know that they even hurt you? And then that would mess up their head. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you want to protect that. So, but, um, but yes, live, live with peace with everyone and try to do your best. Make sure that you are aligned with the Lord first and ask forgiveness. And then um, you're free from that. And then if you feel like you're led to ask forgiveness with that other person, then go ahead and do so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, if, if it's a sin like gossip, if, if you were gossiping about somebody, of course you're going to go back to them and ask them to forgive you. And you're going to confess to them. Confess your faults one to another. Um, um, but, but, you know, to, just to hope that it just blows over. And that's what I find happens a lot in Christian relationships. Well, I'm sorry. God knows my heart and um, they'll just forget about it. That's never a way to deal Mm -hmm. with, with sin. Mm -hmm. But it is also true that if you come to somebody, Paul has had this happen several times over the years. Somebody come to her and say, you know, I have to be honest. I need to to, to ask for your forgiveness. And Paul said, well, what did you do? I know. Well, I never liked you. You know, that's that's one of those things that just it's like throwing rocks at somebody who's already hurting. 
So we don't want to do that. So we don't have to find the heart of God on something like this. We just have to do the right thing. And if possible, we need to understand that that all we can do is is all we can do. And if somebody's willing to forgive us, great, praise the Lord. If somebody's unwilling to forgive us, it doesn't change the fact that we've gone to them and tried to make things right. If somebody's no longer alive and you're going to let them torment you from the grave, then then you don't understand what the forgiveness and freedom in Christ is really all about. And, um, you know, I've had people come to me over the years, Nancy, I know you've had this many times in counseling, uh, where people come back and say, but I never had a chance to make things right, and now I just have no peace. Um, your peace comes from Jesus, not from making things right with other people. Nancy, you've had a lot of opportunities in counseling. Um, you know, I think the the main thing is, is um, those that you have done wrong, and it has caused division in your relationship, it is your responsibility to correct that and humble yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think it's also key, you know, um, you know, sometimes people say, well, I've done all this in my single life. Do I need to share all this with my husband? And a lot of times I say, um, I, need, I need you to pray about that. Yeah. What fruit is going to come from that? Mm-hmm. Now, there's been cases where it's important that they do need to know because sometimes it happens in the marriage. And Lachelle and Juan is a perfect example, and they have to trust the Lord. Um, but it's always, and I love when you walk with the Lord, the Holy Spirit. There's been two things in my life that has really bugged me that I've done in my past, and they're not significant things. And one time, I um, I tried to make it right. I don't have Facebook. I don't have any of that stuff. And I remember reaching out to a friend and saying, hey, can you have this other friend call me? I mean, it was really heavy on my heart. They never called. I have no way to get in touch. I, my hands are tied. Mm-hmm. And I always say, Lord, you put this on my heart. You'll bring them to me in your timing. And it's gone. Mm-hmm. The other one I just recently dealt with, um, we toilet papered someone's house when I was a teenager, and it rained that night. Mm-hmm. And I've, he's a good friend of mine, and, um, and you know it was something so silly to him, mm-hmm. um, but the fact that it burned my conscience for so long. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's silly things like that, but if the Lord has put that on your heart to get right, it's like walking that path, and there's a huge boulder. And the Lord's like, I need you to deal with this before we move on. Be willing and open to do that, because if not, you're going to be stuck. Mm-hmm. You're going to be on this path, this journey with Jesus, and you're going to wonder why there's no fruit, there's no joy, there's no power, because you haven't done the one thing that he's told you to do. And so I think it's keeping our conscience clear. And even when we do something that could have been taken the wrong way, make sure that you go to that person and make, I want you to make sure you knew what I meant when I said this, because mm-hmm. you know how the enemy me stirring up trouble Mm -hmm. but as much depends on you if we're going to overanalyze everything Mm -hmm. um we're going to be running in circles Mm -hmm. yeah let me ask all all five of you um for for a quick comment um um, nancy you brought up the 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 subject of of sharing your your pre-christ history with with your husband or or if it was the reverse with your wife um do any of you feel like that's necessary in the sense that, well, you know, I've got to, I'm a Christian now, I've got to start clean, and then just dump all your old junk? There's, there's no fruit. Annette? I don't think so. I don't think that's right. Um, one thing, you're a new creation in Christ. The other thing is that um, if it's going to come up, and if it does, then be honest about it, don't lie. Uh, but you don't have to put that kind of burden on your husband or I don't, I don't think that's right. And the time to be honest about it is before you say yes. Yeah. <laughs> if, if, if that's necessary. If it's necessary. Yeah. But I also find that it's, um, my husband was with me before I was Christ. So I, I, with the Lord, we both got saved around the same time. But, so he knows everything. <laughs> so, but I don't. He caused all the bad stuff. Uh, no, it's actually me. I was the bad one. Um, he's always been the good guy. I don't talk bad about my Louie. I know, but I, I really feel that if you are in a relationship and you're a new, a new creation, then that that past is gone. And if you're marrying somebody that's a Christian, they're going to understand that too. So. Dash. Oh. I agree with these ladies, um, but also I was going to say Will was with me and my history too. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> so he was my history. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Okay, sweet. Paul, you have any comment? I uh, I was guilty, and yet um, 
I'm married to Pastor Ron now. <laughs> you know, Pastor Chuck used to, used to say, when you come to Christ and become a new creation, all of your sins are thrown in the deepest, darkest ocean. And then he would say with a smile on his face, I suggest, gentlemen, that we keep them there. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a good rule of, of thumb. You know, there are times when we want to clear our conscience so badly that we dump all of our old junk on, yeah. on yeah. somebody that we say we, we love or care about. Mm-hmm. And that's never, ever yeah. uh, a wise thing. Yeah, to do. I did that um, in our marriage. Um, something that I did before, you know, and I, I, I told Ron about it because I was burning and he said, that was like 15 years ago, and I didn't need to know that. Then I felt stupid, but <laughs> but then I was totally free because he was gracious enough to say, okay, and now we can move on, but you didn't need to tell me. For those single people, if they're dating someone and the person wants all that information, like, I want to know everyone you've been with, everything you've done, mm-hmm. what would you say to them? Mm. I'd tell them they got the wrong guy or the wrong girl. Yeah. Uh, that, that kind of insecurity um, will bear horrible, horrible fruit. Yeah. And, you know, again, sometimes as Christians, we try to get um, so holy that, no, I'm just I just want everything out in the open. And, and there just isn't any value. If Christ has left them in that ocean, we want to leave them there as well. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, and and you guys know uh, how much marriage counseling, pre-marriage counseling I've done. And. um if people will go to pre-marriage counseling, all those issues will come up in the in the conversations. And there have been many times over my 24 plus years here where I've said to people, you know, I don't think we ought to be moving forward right now. Mm. I got a whole bunch of alerts going off mm. in my heart. So why don't we slow things down, slow the relationship down now and um, just let you guys kind of work it out. And um, if it doesn't get worked out, it's just not a marriage that was, um, I think, in the will of God in the first place. Okay, so now we're in the marriage. Pastor Ron, here's another question. Well, we got five minutes. Okay, in the stage of life where everyone is so busy, how do you prioritize your husband's needs over everything else? Being in the phase of life with small kids at home, any tips on how to meet our husband's physical needs? He needs me, and I'm exhausted. Help. And that's kind of one of those questions where we didn't FaceTime, you know, or Face, what's it called? FaceTime or what's it? You said live stream. You said you're You know, I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, one of the things that I was going to say that day, and um, we ran out of time, was um, like everything else that God asks us to sacrifice, we need to be a cheerful giver. Uh, you mentioned the baby's going to cry, let him cry. Um, we have to remember that our husbands are a gift from the Lord, and we need to treat them that way. Mm-hmm. And um, we're supposed to be having fun in our in our marriage. Mm-hmm. And so be a cheerful giver. Don't be, like we were talking about earlier, grumbling and complaining about mm-hmm. your husband's need, because mm-hmm. he is a gift. Yeah. Give me the scripture. Give. Somebody give me the scripture. Uh, I'm, I'm just so tired. You don't understand. This is so difficult for me. What's... Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> she forgot to put the microphone. Romans 12.1, offer your body as a living sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's another one mm-hmm. in First, mm-hmm. first Corinthians. My body is not my own. Yep. You're bought with oh, a price. Yeah. Bought with a price. Yeah. Your, yeah. your, your, your body's lady belong, ladies belong to your husbands. Yeah. Your husband's bodies belong to you. Mm-hmm. And if we understand that, now I know we live in a different world now that says, mm-hmm. no, no, you, you have to respect my space. Mm-hmm. Um, not, not in Christ. Yeah. Acts 5.32, too. The Lord gives the Holy Spirit to those who obey. And the, most everybody knows our story. I, I remember telling Ron one time, this was many years ago, I am always available to you. I am never too tired. That's X five thirty two, and you know it's also for their protection, because if you are not providing what they need, even though you don't think they need it, it can it, the enemy will use that. Oh, yeah, and be careful with that. It chips away at the confidence um, in the marriage. Uh, we've had other ladies who've come for counseling because if they're intimate with their husband again, they might get pregnant again, and they don't want any more children. And so, don't even come near me. And Ron's had to sit the ladies down and say. You've got to pray. 
And one of the reasons that's so difficult is because that's completely the opposite the message that the world gives. Uh, a woman thinks the only, in, in many cases, the only area of control that she can exercise is with her body. And she can learn to use it as a tool to manipulate um, in, in her home. And, and that's just so dishonoring to the Lord. It's dishonoring to the husband. Uh, and, of course, everything that we're talking about, I'm just talking with ladies today, but uh, everything we're talking about applies in, in the opposite gender as well. Mm-hmm. Our bodies are simply not our own. And they belong to Jesus. Jesus would look at you and say, well, I didn't necessarily want to go up on that cross for you, but I did it. Mm. And, um, you know, those are the things you promise. Those are the things you talk about. Yeah. We get in. Well, Paula, we're just a little over a minute left. What do you want to close uh-huh. with? I want to close with saying thank you girls so much for, not girls, well, you're girls to us, but ladies. Everybody thank you is so to much. Us. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, chocolate milk day. Milkshake Day, National Chocolate Milkshake Day, Encouragement Day, Video Games Day, boo, School Pictures Day. But Chocolate Milkshake Day, yeah, we could end our day, day really well, Pastor Rob. But anyway, I want to thank everybody who, who just made this conference a success. And I've heard all positive. One, one lady already asked, can we have another one? And I said, yeah, the first week of September next year. Yeah, but we have our, our women's retreat coming up, and it's, it's a overnight to overnight like this let me remind the men in the audience a week from today we start our men's retreat Uh, you are welcome to come the price is extremely reasonable we'd love to have you and these are life-changing events hey thanks for tuning in this has been the date day edition of the word to stand on for life i'm pastor ron arbaugh from calvary chapel in san antonio texas may god richly bless you i love you i'll be here tomorrow at four o'clock on am 630 the word Bye-bye. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapels, The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.